Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm very excited to bring you today's featured guest, Roy Biancalana. Roy, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here, Ken. So for any of you listening that may not know Roy yet, Roy Biancalana is a certified relationship coach and a TV personality in the Orlando, Florida area. He's the author of two books, including the number one bestseller, Attracting Lasting Love, Breaking Free of the Seven Barriers That Keep You Single. Now, for the past 10 years, Roy's mission has been supporting single people in the art of attracting and creating conscious, lasting relationships. You can actually learn more about him by visiting coachingwithroy.com. Roy, do me a favor. Take a minute, fill in any blanks we may have had in the intro there, and then give us a glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Hmm. Well, yeah, that that bio covered a lot of things. Um, I've been coaching and working directly with people for about 10 years, and I and I'll get into why because it's all my stories of all my disasters in my love life that led me to ask them serious questions about myself, which then led me to turn around and try to help other people with the things that I was helped with. Um, but in my personal life, I am now married for coming up almost exactly eight years now. And uh, I've got a 22-year-old son who's just about ready to finish college and uh, live down here in Orlando. And it's getting hot and I like it. And, and I'm ready to ready to talk about relationships. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Roy, one of the things that I like to start with is something that I found very helpful for myself and, and maybe you have as well. And it, It's what I call a guiding principle or it's something that, that you come back to that keeps you on track in partnership. Sometimes it's a quote or a mantra, just something that you can kind of touchstone on and go, okay, I'm off in the weeds and here's how I get back. What is that for you and, and how do you apply it so that our listeners can get an idea of how they'd apply it in their life? Hmm. I do have sort of a mantra. I have a couple of them, uh, but I think the one that really captures what I'm about and what I've learned, because you know my my expertise, if you want to call it that, in relationships has just come out of my own experience and my own desire to figure out why I could not make a relationship with a woman work. Um, so it's not like I got involved in this because it was a good business or because you know, somebody told me that I should do this or something. It's just because my love life was such a disaster that I had to answer those questions for myself because I just couldn't stand all the drama that was in my life. And I learned so much that I just wanted to turn around and share it. So here's the mantra. Life partners make lousy life sources. Hmm. Okay. Feed on that one. Life partners make lousy life sources. Here's what I mean. What I discovered in my life was the root of all my drama and pain is that I was looking for a woman. I was looking for a person outside of me. And in my case, because I'm heterosexual, I was looking for a woman through her attention and affection that she would make 
me feel like a man. She would make me whole. She would make me feel complete. She would either, you know, fill that void in me or help me fix that problem I think I have or help me kind of find my identity or, or maybe even finish that story that I might have in my life, right? So I was looking for a woman to complete me, to, to make me feel seen, safe, loved, wanted, like a man. Okay, there's all kinds of different words for it, right? And I often joke, you know, that, that movie, which I did like, that Jerry Maguire movie, mm-hmm. you know, when he said, you complete me, right? I, I, I love that movie. It actually has a couple of really conscious things in it. But that phrase is a, you know, that's a load of crap is what that phrase is. <laughs> right? So I could use a different word, but I don't know where we go on this podcast. So I'll keep it at crap. So um, what, I, what I learned about myself was I was really expecting a woman to do something she's never built to do. She's not designed to do. She's not capable of doing it. And I was really looking for her love and attention and affection to fix me on the inside. So I, instead of her just being my partner, now she's my life source. Now she's like God almost, right? I, I'm putting her in a position and, I, and what I end up doing, Ken, was I put so much pressure on the relationship because my partner, and I say this really graphically, and it's, it, but I think it's important, otherwise we don't really get it. But it was like my partner had a job. Like I hired her, be in my life, and your job is to meet my emotional needs. Your job is to love me, be there for me, have sex with me, whatever you want to call it. Is You have a job, and that is to meet my emotional needs. And of course, she's not able to do that, certainly not consistently and reliably. Um, and so I would always get disappointed in what I, quote, wasn't getting from her, right? And then I, of course, would start to complain, or I'd start to blame her, Right. So drama would break out whenever this woman decided she was just going to be human (laughs) and not be God. So every time she failed to be my life source, you know, I would feel you're not there for me. You know, pay attention to me. You know, you're off doing this and that. We never have sex, blah, 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 blah. And I would create all this drama because it was built upon the assumption I had that that is the appropriate way to view your partner. It's like, of course, you're supposed to find someone who is going to meet your emotional needs. And I came to realize, oh, my God, no, that is not the purpose of a relationship. But yet, I actually think that 95% of people on planet Earth are actually doing that. They are actually thinking that their partner's job is to meet their emotional needs. And that's why I think relationships are falling apart you know, so often, or there's so much drama and even relationships that don't end in divorce aren't necessarily conscious relationships where people are feeling complete in themselves and then just simply sharing that with their partner. They've just worked out their own codependent relationship because that's kind of what I'm describing is when I need her to be a certain way. So I feel okay on the inside, I'm depending on her. And the funny thing about relationships, Ken, and your, your listeners know this, is that whatever energy you are moving with, you will reciprocally attract to yourself. So I just kept meeting these women who were expecting me to meet their emotional needs. And of course, I'm human, and I'm not going to do that. So they're mad at me for not being there from them, 
and not doing my job and they're and I'm mad at them for not doing their job and, and around and around we go trying to make each other be the kind of people or treat us in a way that we need to be treated so we can feel good. And so I often joke that, you know, I was in a number of long-term relationships and I was never in love with any of them. I was in get. You can be in get or you can be in love. And I, and I just think that most people are in get because they're like, they're trying to get something from their partner. So I'm in this relationship to get something, right? And anytime you are in a place where you want to getting, you want to get something from your partner, you are going down the rabbit hole. You're going to end up being disappointed and create drama and difficulty and discord and probably divorce, right? But being in love means, yeah, I mean, love does not seek its own. Even the Bible says that love does not seek its own. Love is a one-way street. Love is like I have no requirement. There's no strings attached. I don't need anything. I just love you because I want to love you. And I'm not loving you if you love me. I will do this for you if you do this for me. And we get in those power struggles, right? So that's why I say life sources make lousy life partners. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a valid point and one to you know be aware of because there is that... Uh, you know, what are you really looking for in a relationship? And I remember hearing John Gray talk about, uh, you know, you have no business getting into any type of partnership or relationship until you're excited to share who you are with them mm -hmm. as opposed to going, how can you fulfill the right. missing pieces in me? Right. And, you right. know, we don't like to hear that because we, right. that means we have to do some work. <laughs> well, that's, that's, but okay. that's that's because most that's people reality. understand that, but they don't know how to fix that in them. They don't yeah. know how to be their own source, and that's the kind of I, I think the beauty of what I offer in the world is because I was this what I call a love addict, a relationship addict, right? I mean, I joke that I needed a woman so much she was like a drink, like mm -hmm. an alcoholic mm -hmm. needs alcohol. I needed a woman, so I often joke that you know. But in fact, my book, the title of my book that is a memoir about this whole journey of mine. It's called A Drink With Legs, right? So mm. it's, a, it's kind of a metaphorical play yeah, on words. Yeah. But I turned my partners in like a drink, but they have legs instead of, you know. So, uh, but people don't know what to do with that. They don't know. They say, yeah. yeah, yeah, boy, I do feel like I have an empty void or I do have a story that I need to put an end to or there is a problem in me to be fixed. They don't know what to do with that. So they agree that I shouldn't be looking for someone to complete me, but they don't know what to do. The beauty of my book is my book lays out exactly how I went about that and how the listener can too. In fact, I even playfully have a 12-step program <laughs> since, nice. since cool. I use that, that addiction metaphor in my yeah. book. Yeah, I have I a 12-step like thing. Which, so it gets very practical for people on, okay, what do I do if I've been in so much drama and I know it's because of what Roy's talking about? Well, there, there, there is a way to practically work through that. And I'm going to give you a chance to get that book for free at the end, but we'll just tease them right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roy, one of the things you, you alluded to is, you know, you've, a lot of what's, what has you doing the work you're doing is your personal experiences. And, and that's one of the things that our listeners love about the show is, is the stories that our guests share about their personal kind of life experiences. So what I'd love to do, if you don't mind, is, is take us to a time in your life when, well, one of those times when you tripped up in a partnership 
And what I'd love for you to do is tell us, you know, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And what were you able to learn from that experience that helped you move forward? Hmm. Yeah, well, I've got I got so many trips that I've broken every toe on my foot. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, the first major one came when I was married for 19 years. And um, just to sum it up, you know, my wife was not meeting my needs, especially sexually. We were kind of a brotherly, sisterly, roommate kind of relationship. And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know how to handle that. Um, and so to be just be really frank, I took a very cowardly approach. I just had an affair. I, I just found some woman that I could have an affair with, okay? And what happened was, because she was a very sexual creature and I was finally having a great sex life, is, um, you know, I fell in love with her. Now, she didn't know I was married either. So I was, I was doing a double life thing. Just, I just felt trapped. And it was, I, I'm embarrassed to even admit it, but it's the truth. I talk about it in my book. And so I was leading a double life. And this was back in 2003. And back then, I was still a professional golfer. I won't go into much of that, but I was on the PGA Tour. I was playing in the United States Open in my hometown of Chicago in 2003. And a newspaper reporter was doing a story on me because I was local boy, makes it big in the US Open, blah, blah, blah. And my, my mistress was in Chicago, my wife was in Florida, and this guy wrote an article in the paper about how I was away from home, away from my wife and my son playing in this tournament. And my mistress read it in the newspaper. That's how she found out that I was, I was cheating on my wife and basically cheating on her. And so my whole life blew up that week. Okay. And it was, you know, so I, I outed myself in the newspapers is the way I like to say it. Cause I was so out of integrity and so out of alignment. And, you know, I just, I just hurt all kinds of people in that process. So that's one major trip up is I just didn't, I, you know, my needs weren't being met and I didn't know what to do with it. And I just said, well, I, it's like a, like a, a thirsty person needs water. You know, I'm like, I need a drink. I need a drink. And I found a drink with legs and you know, that's, um, that's, that's what I did. So having that, you know, trip up and, and all this kind of, you know, explode in front of you. What were you able to learn from that experience that helped you move forward after that? Well, I didn't learn anything from that one, to be honest with you. What happened was it all came out. I actually worked it out with that, with my mistress, I call her. Um, and I, I, I went through a divorce and I repaired that relationship and got back together with her. And then we spent two and a half years together. And we were doing great. And we got engaged. And six months before the wedding, she dumped me. And that is what absolutely destroyed me. I went into like a year-long midlife crisis with that one. So my divorce of 19 years didn't hurt me too bad. But this, this rebound relationship, I guess I can call it, the one that I really fell madly in love with, that I was addicted to, um, when she broke up with me, it just crushed me. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't work. I couldn't eat. You know, I had heart palpitations, obsessive thinking. I was an absolute mess. And the thing that I did is I reached out to somebody for help. I, a friend of mine said, you need to, to talk to so-and-so who was a relationship coach. And so 
that was the first thing I did is I saw that my life was not working, that my personal life was a disaster. My professional life was fine, but my personal life was a disaster and it was killing me. And I, I reached out and did some serious work with a coach. I'm talking like two years worth of work with a coach. And in that process, there was one major thing that I did. And that was that I had to admit that if you took all the relationships I had been in, you know, like a snapshot picture of all of them, I was the only person appearing in every picture, meaning I was the common denominator in these drama-filled, disappointing relationships. And I had to admit that maybe it wasn't the woman's fault. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to admit, maybe I am doing something wrong. Maybe I've, I've got my wires crossed. And so that opened me up to real deep conscious learning was that I was no longer going to blame these women. It wasn't my ex-wife's fault for not being very sexual. It wasn't my, you know, my fiance's fault for this or that or the other women I had met online or whatever. It was me. It was my fault and I was doing something. I didn't know what it was. So with that attitude, with the right coach, is how I began to discover this whole thing I just talked about, about turning your life partner into your life source. Because that's what I discovered, is that you know, I was basically like addicted. I was like um, looking for a woman to complete me. And then I, I did my work around that, came out the other side, and was able to meet and date and fall in love with and create a really, really solid, loving, passionate conscious relationship with a woman who's right in the other other room right now so um that that was the learning it was i have to take responsibility for this it can't blame anybody it's me and i had to find someone who could help walk me through the quagmire and to find my learnings and to discover what i was doing excellent excellent well, I appreciate you being so candid about that and, and you know vulnerable with that. And what I'd like to do is we're just going to take a little kind of a, a little twist on the same area. And what I'd love to hear from you and a story of what I call a duh moment. You know, one of those times you're like, seriously, how have I missed this? This is ridiculous. I can't believe I've been such a knucklehead for so long. And what I'd love to know is what were you able to do with that? that wake-up moment, if you will, to make it into a building block for your future partnerships? Mm. Yeah, what a great question. The, the thing that pops in my mind, Ken, was a moment when I was talking with my coach. And I was. this was only a number of months after my fiancé broke up with me, and I was still a mess. Um, and I was, it was like I was grieving, I was complaining, I was, I, I was just a mess. And, and my coach said something. She said, Roy, it's, it's you know, you're, you're having heart palpitations, you, you, you can't sleep. She said, it's like you're in withdrawal symptoms. It's like you're having withdrawal symptoms or something. And I was just kind of silent. She said, it's like you were addicted to this girl, Julie. It's like you were addicted. It's like... It's like she was a drink with legs. And it was at that moment when everything became clear to me. It was like, that's it. I am addicted. I am addicted to this woman's attention and affection. And 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 my reaction was simply I was I was dumbstruck. I my my jaw just fell. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly right. I'm having withdrawal symptoms. 
I mean, for the first time in my life, I was 40, 45 years old. The first time, it was the first day in my life since I was 16 where I wasn't in a long-term committed relationship. I mean, every single day. They overlapped each other, if you know what I mean. I just shared one example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it was like everything became clear. It was, it was, again, it was back to that life sourcing thing. Like a, a woman was my addiction and I needed it for me to feel happy, whole, and alive. And what that did in me was it just sort of unraveled everything. It just, I just became undone. It's like somebody out in public just stripped all my clothes off of me and I was naked. Um, and so I just kind of came apart at the seams at that revelation, at that understanding. But what that did is that, that was my rock bottom moment in a way. And what that did is it gave me incredible tenacious energy saying, I don't care what I do with the rest of my life. I am going to work through this. I am not going to suffer like this. Um, because I was, like I said, I was a mess and I'm not going to suffer like this. I'm not going to continue creating these kind of relationships. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't care how much money I have to spend. I don't know how, I don't care how long I have to work with a coach. I don't care where I have to go or what I have to do. But I am going to address this in my life because I was just held prisoner by it. Um, and that, that's kind of that's the best story that I can share of, of when you hit that place in your life where you're just kind of, you know, really woken up, like a smelling salts kind of moment. It's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how I can answer that one. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really interesting point when you said, you know, you were addicted to relationships. And, you know, we hear about all these different addictions, including sexual addiction, but people don't really talk about the relationship addiction. I mean, your description of you had not been not in a relationship since you were 16. I certainly know people in my life that like they they don't know what to do if they're not in a relationship. And it it very well has those type of of uh, characteristics to it where it's 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 a dependency. It is an addiction. I have to be in a relationship with someone at all times or I'm terrified. Right. Yeah. Loneliness and the whole thing, the feeling I, my felt bodily experience when my fiance broke up with me was I felt like a helium balloon that somebody had cut the string and I was just now off floating into the atmosphere, completely untethered, disconnected. And I didn't know where I was going or what was going to happen. I just felt terrified at not being in a relationship. Which, of course, with that energy is why you would grab on to somebody else as fast as you can, which, mm-hmm. of course, is what I did. I got online right away and started dating every woman I could find just to try to help me forget the last one. And you can imagine the amount of drama that caused because I was using these other women to get over the last one and because I couldn't stand to be alone. you know. So, yeah, that's what I mean about being a mess. That was part of my, my year of being a mess is – is I just got online and thought Match.com was the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, just created more problems. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. That's it's such a great, uh, you know, window into what actually is kind of behind the scenes, if you will, that we can either choose to disregard and keep going down the same path, or do whatever we need to do to get through it. And in your case, obviously, one of the things was the support system of having a coach, which is fantastic. So, Roy, what I'd love to do now is is actually change gears a little bit. And 
I'd like to have you share a story with us of one of your proudest partnership moments. And this could be romantic, family, career, you name it. But what I usually look for is a moment that when you think of it, you can't help but smile. Mm. I'm just feeling into what comes up when you say that. Here's what here's a, the, what pops up in my head right now is that there's a vision of when I was getting married to my current wife, which was, you know, a, a good number of it was like three years after my kind of rock bottom moment. You know, I did a couple years of coaching and and kind of got my life together, and then I met this woman and we dated and we fell in love. And so what I'm picturing is we got married down in the Caribbean. You know, one of these all exclusive, all inclusive resorts. You know, where you get married mm-hmm. there on the beach. Mm-hmm. So what I'm picturing is this beautiful creature walking toward me and I'm standing there on the beach with a big, you know, smile on my face as she's approaching me for our wedding. And the reason why that's so touching to me is the, um, the image of this woman walking it toward me and knowing the kind of relationship that we had created, knowing that it was based upon both of us having this understanding that we want to be together, but we don't need each other, that we're not in this to complete each other, but we're in this as spiritual partners and being together because we knew that being together would help us both evolve and grow the most. It was that image of, of seeing her and everything that she represented walk toward me. It kind of makes me teary-eyed when I say this. When she was walking toward me, it was like my whole life flashed before my eyes of where I had been I, I don't have time to go into the whole story, but you know, like 10 years earlier, I was also in the Caribbean when I was at one of my darkest moments in relationships, which I talk about in the book. So it was like the last time I was in the Caribbean, I was in this terrible fight, terrible um, drama-filled moment with this other woman. And now here I am in the Caribbean 10 years later. Um, no, actually it was only, I'm sorry, it was just three years later. Um, and now this newer woman's walking to me and, and I know I'm a different man. I know I'm in a whole different space and experiencing a whole different relationship. And so I had those kind of bookend moments like the last time I was down here. Oh my God. And now look at what I'm doing now. And it was a moment of gratefulness for the work I had done for the support I had from a coach that I was able then to have this woman come and we exchanged our vows, which we had written ourselves and, you know, so that's the moment that makes a smile, not only because she's beautiful and I love her, but because of what that moment represented. It was the culmination of that moment when I said, I don't care what it takes. I am going to fix this. I am going to work on this. And that moment was evidence that I had done it. Nice. That's a great story. Thank you. Well, Roy, we've arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we step away from the stories. And I ask you to provide simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply in their relationships and their partnerships right now. And where I'd like to start is what do you feel is the best partnership or relationship advice that you have ever received from someone else? Well, it would be that part of really shifting from a blame consciousness to a responsibility consciousness. That's what was taught me. That's what that's what I was being challenged to do with the, my coach and what I pass along to the listeners now and to my clients, which is to step into taking full responsibility for your relationship results 
and just claim the space uh, that says, I don't know how I'm doing this. I don't know why. But for some reason, I am responsible for the love life I'm experiencing. It's something I'm doing. I'm requiring partners to be the way they are. I'm creating this dynamic between the two of us because of something going on in me that I might not be aware of, right? So it's ending, it's somebody else's fault. It's ending that they should be doing more of this or less of that. It's just ending all finger pointing and all blame and simply come home and ask yourself that question. My life is not happening to me. It's happening by me. And so how am I creating this situation? Because that will empower you. Because once you begin to see, because you are, right? It's not like I'm just making it up. You are doing something to create it. (laughs) So um, once you discover what that is, it empowers you. Because you begin to say, oh my God, okay, so here's why I'm creating this dynamic. And if I was powerful enough to do that, well, then I'm certainly powerful enough to create a better dynamic. So once you take responsibility, you kind of have to own that you're responsible for your negative and drama-filled results, but that also empowers you to know that if you did that, then you're also empowered to make a beautiful relationship. And so that would be, that's the primary shift move. Because without doing that, you never discover what's really happening. Because when you're always you know, when you're blaming people and it's, oh, it's the women, oh, it's the men, I had just, or I just haven't met the right person yet. Or, you know, all men are this way or all men are that way. All women are like this. Whenever you're blaming, you know, you're never looking at yourself. And so you never have any real, real discoveries. There's no aha moment when you're pointing the finger. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a so, good point. Right, you, you have to have a curiosity. Okay, well, what am I doing? I know I'm, I'm doing something. That's when the universe starts to give you insight is when you're willing to open up and take responsibility. Yeah, that's a great one. Thank you so much. Well, the next thing I'd like to ask you real quick is, is what would you say, other than your books, which we're going to talk about in a second, but what other book or resource just like, wow, it changed things for you, and, and why this particular one? I'll just say this. The best spiritual growth book for awakening and enlightenment is a book by Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul, far and away my favorite book ever written on that subject. In the relationship context, I would say the book, uh, the, the, the first book by David Data uh, is, is titled Intimate Communion, Awakening Your Sexual Essence. It's all about masculine feminine dynamic. Um, it, you know, David Data, in my, in my uh, view, is the master of masculine feminine dynamics. You know, there was John Gray when men are from Mars, men are from Venice. David, John Gray is like sixth grade math to David Data's college level, you know, algebra calculus. Okay. David Data is the master of masculine feminine dynamics. And if people want to understand those energies in relationship, then reading Intimate Communion would be the best thing that I could recommend. Yeah, both both of those are tremendous resources. Thank you for sharing those because, uh, believe it or not, they've both been recommended numerous times on this show. Um, So clearly you're not alone in your beliefs. Um, So one last thing I'd like to have you leave our our, uh, listeners with, and and that is 
it's what I call an example of the payoff of partnership. And what I mean by that is what's a specific example of something you were able to do, something you were able to create or experience that is solely the result of partnership that wouldn't have happened on your own? Relationships are mirrors. So the, the real benefit of being in a partnership is, is, is if you have a relationship where people are telling each other the, tr- the truth um, and really expressing their feelings and how they're experiencing each other is your partner can mirror to you your blind spots better than any person on the planet other than maybe your children. And maybe we could have an argument between who's, who's better, your children giving you feedback on your blind spots or your partner, probably your partner, but I would go either way. (laughs) So the benefit of partnership for me is that that woman in the other room over there just knows me she knows my blind spots and I would not be the man I am today. I, I, I mean, for whatever growth I've had, um, would not be what it is without her lovingly saying, Hey Roy, look at that. Hey Roy, what about that? Hey Roy, do you know that you do this? (laughs) Do you know that when you say this, this is what happens? You know, so she just gives me incredible feedback on how she's experiencing me. Not criticism, because she doesn't want me to change. She loves me like I am. There's no, I don't have to be a certain way, so she's happy. But I've also asked her to do this for me, because you know the eyeball can't see itself. You don't know what you're doing. You 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 can be very unconscious and very unaware. I think that the biggest problem in our lives is lack of self awareness. Right. So what better way to know what you're up to than have a partner in your life (laughs) that is willing to say, let me put a mirror up here and show you how I'm experiencing you. And so that's why I say the purpose of our relationship is our spiritual development together because we support each other, you know, in that loving, playful um, mirroring of each other to ourselves. So uh, that to me is the ultimate payoff for a relationship is you've got someone who is going to support your growth and sort of almost, almost insist on it. Yeah. If they love you and they want the, they want the best for you. There's kind of a a loving insistence that you don't stay stuck, that you don't stay in limited viewpoints and in, you know, personas and self-sabotaging behaviors. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, a really great payoff and I think one that oftentimes gets overlooked so thank you for bringing that to light now it's pretty clear to me I'm sure it's clear to our listeners you have tremendous wealth of information and I'd love for you to let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do yeah thank you well my website is designed for just that right I mean i you know, put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money into my website so that that's the best place to learn about me, coachingwithroy.com. You can contact me there. You can learn all about the things I offer and, and, and everything. Um, and it just as a bonus for being on this, this call is that book I've been referencing that is titled A Drink With Legs. It's my memoir self-help book. Um, I'm going to give that away to anybody who wants it for free, you know, the electronic version. So all you have to do is send me an email or go to my website and, you know, con- the contact menu on my website or 
or email me at Roy at coachingwithroy.com and just say, hey, I want that free book and I'll send it to you because I just want to get that information in people's hands. So I don't care about making money with that. I make money other ways. It's fine. I just want to get that book. So go to my website or just email me directly, Roy at coachingwithroy.com and I'll send that book right to you. Fantastic. Thank you. That's very generous. And, and again, as I always remind our listeners, if you're busy doing something right now, you're walking the dog, you're driving the car, whatever it is, don't worry about jotting all that down. It will be on the show page for Roy's interview, and you'll be able to just click on the link and send him that email right away so you can uh, ask for that book. Well, Roy, your stories, your insights, everything you've been sharing with us, just absolutely incredible. I've learned a ton from you, and I know our listeners have too. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.